With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sideline Summit. I'm Antonio Perez, joined by Danny Cole, DCU Penn's Finest. Chris could not join us today, so I'm sorry to all of Chris's fans who only come here to watch Chris, which I completely understand why you do that. But not here today. He's out hooping. Uh, He's in the conference finals. I know a guy who won eight of those straight. Um, But nonetheless, me and Danny are here. We're going to, of course, do Summit's Plummets. But it's that time where we start getting into our NFL predictions. Uh, we're going to start with the AFC West because we finished with that last year. We're going to be after that. We're going to be talking about our favorite NFL offseason moves that we didn't really get to discuss. Uh, like, yeah, just some of our favorite moves around the league. We're going to be talking about Tobias, assassin scorer slash crumble cookie Harris. Uh, Yo, uh, the- <laughs> crazy thing. My sister met Tobias Harris at a crumble cookie. He's like an ambassador or something of the brand. He's he's yeah, like. She- um, she went it's to the, crazy. She went to the Sixers game and then met him at like at Crumble Cookie after. It's crazy, craziest thing in the world. When he drops his first thirty ball, the commercials are going to be fire. But we'll talk more about Crumble Crumble Harris later. And then at the end, me and Danny are going to build our perfect quarterback, and I'll explain that a little later on. But of course, we're going to start with Summits Plummets. And Danny also had a new idea of giving out a Mountaineer of the week, and that. I'm going to just leave to Danny. So Danny will have a summit plummet and then a mountaineer of a week, something that goes beyond the summit somehow, some way. So I'm going to let DC take the floor. So I'm going to kick it off with my mountaineer of the week. And what other way to introduce yourself to the show? Welcome to the show. Ellie De La Cruz hit a cycle. Oh my God. He, he is legit. He is the man. Um, he, he has turned this Cincinnati team he is what Joe Burrow was for the Bengals. He made this team relevant again. Cincinnati sports is on fire. Like this dude is electric. And he he and Shohei, what they are doing is like getting people who don't know or really care for baseball. And they're just like, so what's this guy like in NBA terms? That's when you know, like these guys are really popping. I love that Mountaineer of the week. Do you want to get into a summit or plummet or do you want me to like, do a summit not, however you want to work it. I'm going to do my plummet of the week. And my plummet goes to the New York Mets. <laughs> Losing two out of three to the Philadelphia Phillies. They lost their first series to the Phillies since September of 2021. The Mets dropped a seven games under 500. They are not, not looking good. good man. They, they have the highest payroll in baseball. I'm gonna, Guess what? I'm going to loop the Padres in. The Padres spent the second most amount of money in the offseason. And guess what? They're not in the playoff spot. Both the yeah, Mets no. and the Padres, they are we what we call in modern NBA terms, 
poverty. Yeah, Padres are sitting six and a half games behind the Dodgers for sixth place. Uh, and the Mets are sitting at eight and a half games out from a wild card spot. Um, and the Phils are a so close, but so far three games back. But I feel like we're they're they're heading in the right steps. They're, they're like you said, like you've been telling me all year, uh, the bats are going to start flying in June, and they bear and they are. And I hope they continue throughout July. Did you want to wrap things up with a summit and then pass things to me, or you want to you want me to give one? First? You can take the rest. I'll go to a summit after. I'm not going to let continue to take the floor. Hey, man, I appreciate it. And I wanted you to have the floor, but I appreciate you dishing it to me. Um, Summit is we're starting to talk about the NFL again, and um, it's good. I've had enough NBA for a little bit, at least it being like our entire episode. Uh, So glad we got some NFL. We're going to talk about, you know, Chargers. I love talking about Chargers, Chiefs. Love talking about those teams. And real quick, Plummet, man, um, it's uh, Damian Lillard, bona fide loser, is running from the grind by not running from so-called grind because he refuses to put expectations on himself. Uh, but I've had enough talking about him. I'll swing it back to you. We'll end it on a summit, end it on good times, and then we'll get into these spicy AFC West predictions. So my summits are not in sports, but Lil Uzi and Drake are dropping albums soon. Uzi's dropping on Friday. It. And Drake is unreleased. We don't know what day he's dropping, but for the dogs, man. But the, my only worry with Uzi is so I don't like 26 tracks because I don't want to have to sit through and have to listen to that. <laughs> How, but, but now here's the thing. How, here's the thing. I'm not someone like, unless, unless it's Drake, I'm going to be serious. I don't really listen to albums in one sitting. I do it sometimes for Lil Uzi, but usually only Love is Rage 2. Now, that's the thing. Like I could just listen to these 26 songs and decide I only like five of them. And I'm only going to listen to five of these ever again. It's just like, I don't feel like sitting through 26 songs because I got to listen to an album in one sitting. That's just how I am. I'm a little weird with that, but nonetheless, I am. I'm very excited for the pink tape could possibly be his last album. Obviously a lot of speculation on that. Uh, I don't think this will be Drake's last album. Um, but hey, you never know. He's he's getting up there, like Lil Yachty said in that interview. Uh, he he he's getting up there in age. Nonetheless, we're gonna switch things over to the Kansas City Chiefs to start our A AFC West predictions. We're we're just kind of just gonna wrap up like their off season, how we think they did last year, what are our expectations going into this year. Um, Danny, I know you've been licking your chops about some football, so. Um, what are we thinking about the Chiefs? How do we like their offseason? What do we what do we think about them going into next year? Man, the Kansas City Chiefs, reigning Super Bowl champions, they lost some defensive line depth. They lost some pieces in the wide receiver room. But guess what? They have the two, well, I'm going to say three pieces that really matter. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. If you have those three, you are going to be a Super Bowl contender every year. So and Chris Jones. I don't care the Chris Jones and they have one of the best O lines in the league. Kind of kind of little Mickey Mouse with the with the turf. But <laughs> their O line is a top 5 O line. Und, un, 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 undebatably. They have one of the best O lines in the league. Yeah, I agree man. When when you have those three staples, uh three great offensive minds and then 
uh, Chris Jones holding things down on the other end, him single-handedly. He might um, be gone. Just He might be gone. He's up for a $20 million payday. They can't have six guys take up half of their uh, salary cap. Chris Jones would be the yeah. first on the shopping block. With he's turning 30, 31 years old, you, you don't want to be yeah. paying a tackle that, that much. At, maybe he takes a restructure. They cut him and restructure the way the Eagles did. Uh, I could see them doing that. But I'll make my prediction. I think the, I think that you have to pound the over here. Um, I think that the only team that might come close in the West is the Chargers, and we say this every year. And the Chargers might even be out of the playoffs. Well, we'll get to the Chargers uh, a little bit later. But one of my main concerns for the Super Bowl champs, um, like last year, a lot of people had the same um, skepticism was their wide receiver room. Uh, now, Juju is not your I Juju Smith Schuster is not an ideal wide receiver one. But let's be honest here. I felt a lot more comfortable with him being wide receiver one with Travis Kelsey as the main pass catcher than like Kadarius Tony's about to be your wide receiver one. And you're going to be rolling out there banking on Sky Moore to be really good. Now, um, I think Rasheed Rice was a phenomenal pickup. And and Rasheed Rice, you're, you're just overall, you're relying on three dudes who are one's going to be rookie, one's in second year, one's in third year. So hey, don't sleep on Penn I, product, man. Justin <laughs> Watson, he's not, he's nice. Hey, look, I mean, sneaky, maybe he's going to have a bigger role in the offense this year. I'm just. I, I'm not doubting Patrick Mahomes. I'm just doubting the cast around him. You know, S- Superman is part of the Justice League. He did need a team once upon a time. So um, uh, I'm not worried for him. I know he's going to find a way. I'm interested to see how he's going to do it. And I agree. 11 and a half wins, free money. Just take it to the bank. Uh, I can see them I can see them getting 12 wins before three losses, actually. Um I do believe – I think they can get to 13, 14 wins this season. Um, they're just going to be riding the high of high. Super Bowl champs, uh, if they did that to the Eagles defense, they can do it to anybody. Uh, it's a matter of staying healthy with them, of course. Hopefully Mahomes' ankles is fully good. Hey, I don't hey, know. I don't remember if that needs surgery Tomlin, or not. Tomlin can hold Mahomes to something special. You know, He's holding him to, to under 30. Yeah, I mean, like, the Eagles held Mahomes to under 300 yards, but, like, you look back on him, I'm like, oh, he was flawless, though. Like, you know what I mean? He um, was flawless, and, and yeah. they, they they held him to 31. I mean, he he, didn't, he scored four touchdowns and a field goal, the game-winning field goal um, on that bum ankle. Yeah. Yeah, he did awesome. But we're going to move on to the Los Angeles Chargers. I honestly feel like, this line isn't low. I think they had 10 wins last year. Um, but it's like, you feel comp- you you should take the over, in my opinion. I think they're at least a lock for 10 wins. And that last year, that was uh, they got 10 wins through, I think Mike Williams and Keenan Allen played like six games together last year. Justin Herbert was playing the whole year on cracked ribs. That defense was in shambles. J.C. Jackson is, was not what they signed up for because he was a little banged up. So, and their O line was, uh, they were so injured. It, it, I don't know who's more the more cursed little brother L.A. team. It's the Chargers or the Clippers, but both suffer injuries a lot. And um, I don't know. I'm very. I'm looking back. On last year, I should have maybe took their coaching and their health into account. 
Uh, I'm still going to take the over on the wins. Uh, Justin Herbert will still be, I think this, he'll be an MVP candidate uh, and they'll sneak into the wild card. But you said they might not make the playoffs in our last talk about the Chiefs. I'm interested in what you have to say for the Chargers. Um, So the floor is yours. So the Chargers haven't beaten a quarterback that's a real quarterback. Any quarterback they beat last year was not that good. And that's being honest. And do I blame Justin Herbert? They, no. They, I don't they, beat, they beat Tua, but we're talking the elite of the elite. But Tua I, is Tua the borderline, like, he's borderline something. But the Dolphins are mm-hmm. also the Dolphins. Like, but we, we, we know what the Dolphins are, really are. Um, Last year they they got they got Tyree Kill who is one of the best players in the NFL, but at the same time he might not even touch football field ever again. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that, like think about that Dolphins game. Like they one of their touchdowns was on a Tyree Kill scoop and score. That like, oh come on, like like I know the Chargers were kicking themselves for that because they realized they played an awesome game on Tua. They were pressuring them. They were. Play, doing a really good job of Waddle and Hill outside of like, you know, those busted plays. But um, yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, that defense like really showed out against bad quarterbacks and they did a good job in the, in the, um, in the wild card round. But uh, a big problem for them was a banged up old line, not a workhorse back in Austin Eckler and just horrendous play calling. And without Mike Williams, because they decided to play him in week 18 with a playoff spot wrapped up, you couldn't go anywhere, played him anyway, got hurt. That took out the vertical threat. That takes out any chance of Keenan Allen creating separation underneath. And it forced Justin Herbert to have to salt the game away with Dinkin dunks. And that wasn't going to work in Jacksonville. It was kind of like, this is the most predictable offense yeah. that we're probably going to see. I mean, shout out Jacksonville, though. They they were awesome last year. We're, of course, going to talk about them in a later episode. Uh, so are you taking over or under nine and a half wins? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. So it sounds like I'm taking the under. I'm going to take the over, but I think they get 10. Um I think there's a lot yeah. of teams that I think their AFC is going to be a year where there's like six teams with 10 wins. Yeah. I mean, look, th- this could very well be a year where a team gets 10 wins. and doesn't make the playoffs. Like what this will be a year where we might get a competitive seventh seed. Like, let's say, let's say the chargers handle injuries all year. They sneak into that seventh spot. And then let's say they get to play like a Ravens team. I think that would be an interesting matchup and they get to play, maybe a Bills team. Like like I, I think it could be very interesting um overall just just in the AFC. Yes, we're both gonna take the over, but I love that you said Ravens. I, not how I did last year. I love that you said Ravens because uh I think the Bengals are very fraudulent. Um mm. I think they lost their best player on their actual team. Um so I think Jesse Bates was their their core player on their team. That's interesting. Well of course when we do the AFC North probably not next week maybe the week after that cuz we're just we're going to go west west and then but we're going to go west west and then north north we'll we'll do some type of order like that uh, i'm very excited for the afc north video though as you're a steelers fan chris is a ravens fan i honestly i love watching both of those teams um but uh i'll save my uh steelers and ravens and bengal's harping for that uh, video now a, a line that I think is pretty interesting Denver Broncos a and a half wins if you take the over you have them with a winning record if you even take slightly under 
that probably won't make the playoffs, but like, hey, you're fighting for the wild card to the, the very end. Um, a question I have for you in particular is um, how much do you believe like Sean Payton can make a difference for Russell Wilson at this point in his career? I think Sean Payton's everything for Russell Wilson. Um, I think Russell Wilson, so since he stopped wearing a armband in Seattle, he has he's actually been worse. Peyton's going to say, hell with that. I'm calling the plays. You listen to me. Because Nathaniel Hackett was like, I don't even know the plays going on. Like, I'm like, logistic, realistically, Hackett is like a, giving the play call to a toddler compared to an adult telling the kids what to eat. Dinner is yeah, what yeah. Sean Peyton's going to be. Yeah, I feel you. And, and Nathaniel Hackett was like one of the great offensive minds in the game today. And I think a lot of people felt that way. And then when like eight weeks into the Denver, Denver season, they can't crack 20 points per game. And it's like, Oh, this is Hackett's fall. And, and I'm like, Russell, Russell Wilson is arguably the greatest quarterback ever out of structure. But when you ask him to floor general to field general, your offense, He's not always going to do it that way. That's why he struggled with simple things that you'd expect an elite quarterback to, um, you know, to handle. I believe in our top 10 quarterback Literally. list, I think one of us had him at 10 maybe. And then one I of did. us just didn't. I think you had him at 10. I didn't even have him on our list. And that obviously we weren't predicting the Russell Wilson downfall. We were kind of just projecting a lot of guys to move up. But like how the mighty has fallen, I will say. Eight and a half wins. Uh, it, it, I think it's a tight rope to climb, especially with Sean Payton in the building. Um, and, of course, the annual Jerry Judy is going to take the jump. Um, I'm going to let you take a swing out of first. Do you, are you thinking over or under for the Denver Broncos this season? I think it's simple. Give me the under. Uh, I don't think their team's built to win yet. I think they're a year away. Okay. Um, and, and that's interesting that you say a year away. I mean, I wonder after this year, are they looking to draft a quarterback, even though they are pretty deep in the, this rust deal is long. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm interested, uh, on what they're, what they'll do with the quarterback position. If he does second round Strattler, I mean, Spencer around Spencer Rattler, second round, you take a flyer on him. Hey, you're talking my language. He's a, another quarterback who's very good out of structure. Um, and hey, what what's another what's another six foot tall quarterback? It, it can't hurt Sean Payton anymore, right? I mean, he made one a Hall of Famer. He's about to work with another one. Um, yeah, I think Russell Wilson. I don't know how far he can climb up the quarterback um, ladder this season. I do. I expect him to get back to at least Pro Bowl esque level under Sean Payton. I think I'm going to go slightly over. I think. They can crack nine wins. I don't know if they'll make playoff. I don't know if nine wins is going to be enough in this loaded AFC. Oh, like it's so loaded. But um, that's the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I think the thing is, Patrick Sertan is a t- legitimately one of my best. I think he's one of the best corners in the NFL. Absolutely. I believe him, Ramsey, and Gardner are – him, Ramsey, Gardner, Alexander are like my comfortable top four, no order. Don't sleep um, on White. Tredavious White, uh, he was just a little inconsistent for me last season. But uh, hey, but when he's at his best, I think he's an argument against anybody. 
Now, I wanted to move on to the Raiders. Now, I'm just going to say right now, I don't think the Raiders are going to be any good. I don't think, because Jimmy Garoppolo was a successful quarterback with a loaded Niners team around him. He's still no Super Bowls to show for it as a starting quarterback. Now, this Raiders team, much less talented. You do it with Devontae Adams, but let's be serious. Um, he, he's going to be traded by week week nine. You think so? Really? I, I would. Okay. I, I would trade him anywhere except for the Vegas because Vegas is going to have its fans come either way. And get rid of Devontae Adams would be just in your best interest. Get rid of the money. Get, get che- cheaper salary. And you're going to get assets while Devontae Adams isn't 34 years old. So, yeah, trade him. Yeah, that uh, that's true. One thing I want to harp on, though, is uh, we here love Max Crosby, and we love what we think he's going to do for Tyree Wilson. And I think, I think this, it's not ideal when you have Max Crosby in his prime, Devontae Adams at his in his prime still, and then you're rolling out there with your, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just not really. Um, I, I like it's just not ideal. Uh, like your timeline's kind of like all over the place. Um, not necessarily a good coach. Uh, you know what it reminds me of? Make, what? Josh McDaniels is trying to build the New England Patriots. Strong edge rushers, decent secondary. If it can be coached up, I guess Devontae I I Adams yeah. is, an, is an anomaly. But if they go with DeAndre Hopkins pretty similar um he's trying to build his mm-hmm. own version of the patriots and it's not going to work yeah and that usually never works when the assistant breaks off and he's just he's trying to you broke you broke off to be your own man you broke off to do your own thing you're you are an off josh mcdaniels is a great offensive mind he's not bill belichick he's not turning these six round picks into all pro corners he's not he's not doing that he, you know what i'm saying uh, but I agree with you. He's just trying to be someone he's not in, in general, in my opinion. Um, so seven and a half wins. I think I'm going to call the under pretty comfortably. I don't know if they're like top five picks next year, maybe that bad, but um, I mean, top, not top five, definitely a top 10 pick next year. Um, if they have that, do they even have that? Yeah, I think they have their first round pick next year. Okay, I, I, I just Bay, wanted to make sure from I think they sent the Adams back to trade to Green Bay. They definitely have it because Adams was the year of and the next year, I think. So yeah, they have it. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well they'll be bad. They will have their pick though. It's something they can work with. Hopefully, you can draft the quarterback. What um, I think they should do lots of is guys coming out next year. I believe the Raiders are the third favorite team to get Caleb Williams. Ah, well, we all know he's a cardinal because uh, no one's gonna stink worse than those dudes. Uh, uh maybe, sure. but at the same time, the Raiders could be a poop fest with the Cardinals. They could just be both be like one in sixteen. The battle of horrible. I mean, hey, I could definitely see. It. I could. The Raiders. I think we. I think I remember last year. Like, we were we were like in real talks of like. We, both of us had three teams making it, but like, who was the odd man out? Would it be the Raiders or the Broncos? And it was going to be both, and it was nearly the Chargers as well. How? But I think that I think this division could be pretty solid this season. Raiders probably not. Not with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, it's just not going to lead to Super Bowl success. I think we both have the under 
but I want to transition into some of our favorite NFL offseason transactions, whether it be a trade, signing. Danny, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, if you have like however many you want, you, we can go back and forth, but I want to hear some of your favorite uh, favorite news headlines uh, across the offseason this year. Hands down, best move of this offseason. The Dolphins giving up a third-round pick in Hunter Long. For Jalen Ramsey, oh my God, they are. And then they went out and drafted. I think the Dolphins have made one of the best off seasons they they could have ever done. They drafted a speedy running back. They got Jalen Ramsey. Like, okay, their corners were already good, but then you had Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, man, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be a threat. And something I thought about with that, I was watching Jerry Rice of Football Life, which is like a one hour quick documentary on a player's life. Or yeah. And um, I'm watching it. Got to the part where Deion Sanders came to the 49ers, and it's kind of like, oh, Jerry's this locked in best receiver ever. Deion is this goofy, never locked in, but greatest defensive back who's ever played at that point. Except with Ramsey and Hill, it's like they both gonna play. They're both gonna ball, but they both gonna play. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's great vibes. And a lot of people like we're killing the Rams. It's like that's all you could get for Jalen Ramsey. Well, yes, <laughs> yeah. Like these NFL GMs, not stupid. Yeah, you would have liked to see him get more. They probably called everyone, and the best they got was a third round pick, and uh, and a bag of chips. But like, uh, yeah, I I like that move a lot. I agree with you. Um, they're gonna be fun. The Dolphins are going to be fun once again. They always are. They just need to wear their throwback uniforms a little more often. Um, one of my favorite transactions this year was the Bears getting TJ Edwards. You know me. I love TJ Edwards on the Eagles. We don't necessarily the Eagles don't necessarily prioritize linebackers that much, which I, uh, which a lot of Eagles fans are really worried about the lack of depth there. But I, I, until they sign Tremaine Edmonds, like. 15 minutes later or whatever. I, I like that move a lot. I think they got him for a good deal. He's a great tackler. He covers sideline to sideline in the run game. He can force running backs to go east west and uh minimalize yards. Um he's not the greatest cover guy. I think me and you could both agree on that. Uh, but the Bears needed to do something for that abysmal run game. I think TJ Edwards w- was a, a pretty good get. And um Staying in the NFC, the um, the Cowboys getting Brandon Cooks. A lot of people think Brandon Cooks is like old. Nah, he's younger than 30. He's like 29, I think, which is like, that could be the peak of your prowess under the right dude. So I think that's huge for Dak Prescott. C.D. Lamb gets a, a legit number two and not Michael Gallup uh, running next to him. Uh, well, he'll still be there, but, you know, Michael Gallup will have a more distinguished role of just being you don't really got to be a number two. You just got to be a field spacer. And Brandon Cooks can do that too. Uh, he Everyone knows he can run. That dude's fast. So uh, I like that for the Cowboys a lot. That's a, that's Cowboys, a good receiver room. The Cowboys had one of the best off seasons. And I hate to say it, but like they got some guys who are injury prone. They got some guys who like just sometimes aren't on the field a lot. But these guys, if they can be on the field, Cooks, mm-hmm. Gilmore. I mean, who's their tight end though? Uh, they drafted a tight end, I believe. Um, I can't believe they drafted a tight end. My head. They, I mean, this drafted, tight end class uh, was deep, so whoever they bring in, I know Dak's going to be able to work with them pretty well. 
I don't know. He, um, their, their tight end's not the best of the class, but he's okay. Um, end of the day, they got a tight end. I'll say, yeah, they'll make things work here. It's going to take a uh, Dallas Cowboys. Here, we'll just look up Dallas Cowboys. His weird tight names. Um, look at their uh, depth chart. But yeah, no, I agree. They had a pretty good offseason. Um, and they got Deuce Vaughn. Oh, Luke, Luke Shoemaker. Luke Shoemaker. Yeah, Shoemaker. I liked him. I liked him a lot, but they also they, they do have Jake Ferguson. They do have uh Peyton Hendershot. Um I don't know how many tight ends they're gonna keep. I'm, I would assume three, so Shoemaker would make the team as it looks right now. Um I really do like this receiver re- receiving room though. Lamb, Cooks, Gallup, Turpin, Tolbert, uh like the, these are all guys that can get reps. And again, I'm also like you said, Gilmore and Diggs. That's what's crazy is that's not even the best corner duo in the division, but that's still nasty. Like that's top five in the league, nasty. Um, because Diggs, the interception numbers weren't obviously what they were two years ago, but I think he's developing more into a you can't target me no more corner. Cause when you get eleven interceptions, you are being targeted a good amount. That's not a good thing. Turning the ball over is a good thing, though. Um, and then now he's just not even getting targeted. He wants to slowly become that kind of player. I think he can be that caliber of player. But enough of me talking good about the Cowboys. It's making me nauseous. Do you have any more? I know you got some more favorite. I got uh, plenty, man. Uh, oh, go ahead. So it, it's, it's going to kill you again even more. CJ Gardner-Johnson to the Lions. Uh, this is a uh, phenomenal pickup for the Lions for a cheap deal. for a Six mil. Deal. Six mil, man. He said, I want 24 mil from the Eagles for three years. He said, okay, I'll go to the Lions and get paid less money. Uh, But no, the Lions got a steal. The Lions have really made a lot of upgrades. The NFC North is kind of weak. I think the Packers still have good defense. Love could could ball out. But it's really up for grabs in the NFC North. Yeah, nah. um, The... It kills me about Gardner Johnson because he he literally did this out of being petty because we did give him more money than what he actually has now. But he was like, damn, like I thought I did enough for y'all. And hey, I get it. But I honestly think retaining the corner duo was very important. I honestly thought Bradbury would be the one out. I think a lot of people thought that. I thought we were going to try to keep Slay. It was always going to be one, two of those three. You can never keep all three of those guys. But um. Yeah, I would agree that, that that's a good get for the Lions after they're like weirdly like drafting out of order in terms of positional value draft, which yeah. it wasn't like a bad draft. You just drafted in a weird order, but um, very weird. Yeah, I absolutely uh, agree. I have another pick that I what the Atlanta and you're going to say, oh, positional value. They better drafted Bijan. I don't really care about the Bichon pick. I think it's fine. He'll just plug in as a running back one on their in their system. What I really love is Jesse Bates and Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell has been a run-stopping D-tackle phenomenally in, in Baltimore for the last six years. And adding Jesse Bates, pairing him with one of the best corners in the league. He, I mean, he's not top five, but he's right on the outside, man. A.J. Terrell is a lockdown corner. He went stride for stride with Jamar Chase in college. He is he's really good. Um you, you just have to give it to him. The, the the Falcons could win the South. I think they're legitimate contenders to come into South and be like just slap up on every team. 
Yeah, I, I mean, anybody in that South, uh, but I think the Falcons definitely have the highest, at least offensive potential. I mean, you could run Bijan, you could run him as a running back. You could run him as a halfback for Algier. You could run him in the slot. You could run him, you could run it in an empty set and you could go London, Pitts, him. Um, KP, they signed CP, CP, Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson, and uh, they just they just signed another tight end this offseason, and I'm blanking on it. But, yeah, you could I'm, run. No, no, they, they, they traded for John o. Smith. Yes, yes. So you could just run an empty set with these dudes. Like, they have some – they can unload you know, fire here. They got Matt Collins as well. On my fault, best deep threat in the league, yeah. Lee's cooked. Lee's cooked, though. Um, uh, they also yeah, signed Bud I, Dupree I on the edge. Uh, Lorenzo Carter's back to them. Yeah, that sneaky, really sneaky good offseason. Um, I believe when we just talked about day one of the offseason, they were one of our winners. Um, they, yeah, they had a very good offseason. And one of my last ones, you know, I got to talk about the Eagles. Uh, running backs aren't usually the uh, the glorious, like, signings of the offseason. I'm going to leave out the draft because that's its own little different thing. But, like, to bring in... Two backs who everyone's kind of always questioned a little bit. Penny's never healthy. Uh, Swift is either never healthy or just doesn't maximize his talent. I think them being forced to split reps behind the best offensive line in the NFL, I think it's going to rejuvenate both of their careers. They probably both won't be back the following season. Probably both might get a little bag somewhere, and you know the Eagles aren't going to pay their backs. But I think the two of them being forced to split carries is probably going to be the best thing to ever happen to both of their careers going to be able to take less carries so they can stay healthy deep playoff runs it's going to be awesome for their 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 young careers in my opinion and swift is from philly so you know we must we mess with our boy and him wearing number zero is going to go so hard let's keep talking about pointless play uh play, like positions on the eagles nicholas morrow <laughs> linebacker he got signed led the bears in tackles last year He's a phenomenal run defender. He can't cover for passing. But guess what? The Eagles say our pass rush is so good. Let's just sub a, a nickel corner and to play in the box. Let's play. Let's put a safety in the box and call it a day. Um, you have so you have the best corner duo in the league and the best, you know, front four in, in the game. What does it matter? It matter. It still matters. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Nicholas Morrow can certainly be serviceable, and he's probably gonna look a lot better behind the Eagles D line than the Bears D line. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, no, no. it's still going to matter. You still need at least average linebacker play. But, like, if any team is going to have bad linebackers, it's this Eagles team. Uh, but hopefully we're utilizing our backers a little more this time around. Did you have any, like, last-second ones that you wanted to talk about? No, that's, like, the bulk of them. Um, I kind of – I love what the Steelers did. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to be a homer, but I think trading for Allen Robinson – and and signing some depth linebackers and Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts, signing Patrick Peterson, getting some veterans on the team. Like the team was so young, people don't realize that team. Like Deontay Johnson is one of the older players on the team last year, and he was like twenty six. Yeah, I agree. I think the Steelers' youth was kind of like a big factor into them, like not missing the playoffs, but like them being so bad in the beginning of the season. Um. They remind me of the Hornets. Vet- yes. They they kind of just needed some veteran guidance. Um, and that could flip the switch for them this year. I completely agree. 
Um, but the Steelers will have their own episode. I do promise. But we'll get into a little bit of NBA news. We're not going to talk about Dame. I'm sick of them. Uh, we're going to talk about Tobias, Assassin Scorer slash Combo Cookie Harris. So um, Crumble Cookie associate Tobias Harris, apparently he plays for the 76ers, said that casual 76ers fans would trade me for a Crumble Cookie. And they said they're not like grateful for having a 6'8 wing scorer who guards the best player on the other team. Efficient I believe he said 6'9". I believe he's a 6'9". Whatever it is, man. Big body. Big body. And you are a Sixers fan. You told me the... Uh, so I was writing an article about why the Sixers should keep Tobias Harris. I said to you, I was sending you stats about it. And you're, I was like, yo, like they kind of like underuse him. And you agreed. I want to know your thoughts on Tobias Harris as a Sixer. Do you want to keep him? Are you trying to trade him? Do you think he's undervalued? Is he underused? Just what are your overall thoughts on Tobias Harris as a Sixers fan? What I'll tell you is this. I really wish you could restructure NBA contracts. <laughs> I feel you, man. I really do. Like I in, in you. football, you you just throw on that four more years and say, okay, we'll, we'll pay it as money into five years and call it a day. Uh, in basketball, we can't do that with Tobias Harris. We gave him $40 million. And he's tied to the team. At the end of the day, what you really got to do is give Harden a bigger deal and backload it and call it and say Tobias will be off the roster by then. Um, we're probably not going to be competing in a couple of years. If not, maybe we have to p- trade a pick away with Harden and just get rid of his contract. Uh, so that, what- I think, is le- realistically the best option for the Sixers to compete. Have Harden take a backloaded deal, team-friendly, and then Tobias stays. I think Tobias is actually Sixer fans don't want to hear this. Tobias Harris is a is one of the true. There's not many two way basketball players left in the NBA. Some just play all offense, some or some just play all defense. He can do both. There's not many left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I was writing my article for why the Sixers should keep Tobias Harris, I just stumbled upon the stats. And look, maybe maybe the eye test is different, but the eye. Look, these numbers don't lie. He almost averaged 50, 40, 90 on the season. Yes, it was a measly like 14 points per game. But that's what happens when you're the fourth option. That's what happens when shots are getting taken from you. And in the playoffs, the Sixers won when he averaged 13 shots a game and the Sixers wins. And in their four losses, he averaged seven shots a game. That's un. Like, that's unreasonable. A lot of people like to bring up he had two points in their game six loss to the Celtics at home. That man was like the primary defender on Jason Tatum for the whole night. He was doing pretty well. Him and P.J. Tucker were doing awesome guarding Jason Tatum until the fourth quarter, in which he scored all his points on like Maxi or Embiid. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And, and before they brought in Harden, this is a 19, 20-point-per-game score on awesome efficiency and plays both ways. Is that $180 million? No, but you got to Is he better than Jimmy Butler? No. No, it Tobias Harris over me. Yeah, that's dumb. However, I think what the Sixers are missing is if you ignore the contract, this is one of the best scoring role players in the NBA. I'm talking like a Norman Powell level. I'm talking Malcolm Brogdon level role player because I think he's also better defenders than these guys because he's more versatile. He's also by default a better scorer than these guys because he is taller and he can get to his spot at will it's a matter of the touches i think the sixers could really use him this year in an elevated role assassin score no 
crumble crumble cookie ambassador? Yes. I'm gonna tell you this. If I was telling you we were paying Maxi forty million dollars this year and Tobias Harris is getting like ten million, would you be okay with it? Yeah, you probably would. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's what the contract situations are. Maxi's still on his rookie contract, and Tobias Harris is getting forty million. It's not the end of the world when you have good young talent on your team or good cheap talent. Yeah, that's what that's what having a good GM does. Um, he gives you talent and for cheap. And when you have bad contracts, you kind of get out of them because you have good players that aren't costing you an arm and a leg. And when Tobias Harris's contract's up, you go pay Maxi and say, "Hey, come on." Yeah, but um, so yeah, I just think Tobias Harris gets a lot of hate. Um, yes, his contract is big, but at the end of the day, hey, he ain't the one that he ain't one that gave himself the pen in the paper. You know what I'm saying? That they threw that at him, he took advantage of it. And again, one of the most efficient role players in Seth the Curry, league. But Seth Curry will be back in Philadelphia. Yanni Andre Drummond back too. He was fire for the Sixers. I Andre Drummond. <laughs> we're going to move on to building our perfect quarterback. So how this is going to work is we're going to base things off these five attributes that I'm going to write down right here. We're going to base it off body type. We're going to base it off athleticism. We're going to base it off arm strength we're gonna base it off um iq and then we're gonna base it off dog which uh that is up for that is for us to determine so we're gonna draft our perfect quarterbacks based on body athleticism arm talent iq and dog and also once i draft let's say for example i took gardner Minshew's dog danny can't draft gardner Minshew for anything else so once I take that quarterback's attribute, you can't use that quarterback. You can't use another one of those quarterback attributes. You get what I'm saying? Yep. All right. So again, here are the categories, body, athleticism, arm talent, IQ, dog. I'll let you have the first pick. I think the first pick is pretty obvious, but gonna give me uh, take the first. Patrick Mahomes arm talent. And that is the correct pick in my opinion. So he's got Patrick Mahomes. All right. So with my pick, my first pick, I'm going to take Josh Allen's body. You know, he's a crib, um, border like built like prime Cam Newton. I'm going to take, I'm going to take JA's body. Yeah. And you just left me the dude's jersey body that you're wearing. Give me Jalen Hurts' body. That That's fine. I mean, he's a little on the shorter end. I wasn't going to draft him for body. I am going to take. I'm gonna li- I'm gonna I'm gonna lose lose here. I'm gonna lose lose here, but I'm willing to go with it. I'm gonna go with Justin Herbert's arm talent. I like that. Give me Joe Burrow's IQ. I love that one, and that's not actually what I was gonna go for. Give me Lamar Jackson's athleticism. Give me Justin Fields' athleticism. Oh, that's dirty. I'm not even thinking about him. I'm kind of just thinking about like the top six guys. How could I go about it? I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers IQ. I'm pretty, I I think that, I think that's a good one. Vet doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Now we both just got to draft dog. I wish Jalen Hurts would have been my pick for dog, but uh, you're going to give me the pick. I'll let you take the pick. I I want the last pick. Oh, you want the last, I got it. I got a draft for dog. Uh, I I would have loved to take Jalen. Like no one's more dog than him. I think we can both agree on that. Um, 
Oh man, drafting for dog. We kind of like drafted all the dogs. Who is a dog? Like Baker Mayfield's a dog, but he sucks. I'm not trying to. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um. Oh man, yo, you really put me on the spot. I was just gonna. I was kind of just gonna go off what you like, whatever you were gonna say. Uh, you know, you know what? You know what? This is a this is a, a very strange pick. Um. I'm gonna take Taylor Heineke's dog. I think he. I was he's considering just, it, man. I was considering. Yeah, it. dude. Like he doesn't any of these attributes. No shot. Not even consider it. But dog, he's got that, and he wins games off being a dog. Yeah, um, that's a great pick. Uh, it doesn't leave me with much left to choose from for dog. But, yeah, and I, I'm gonna tell you something crazy. After coming back, being down. Four so four scores in a playoff game. Yeah, give me Trevor Lawrence's dog. He does have that golden retriever in him. I'm afraid. So that was our teams based off body, athleticism, arm, IQ, dog. Comment down below who ha- who. I'm sorry. This is for the TikTok. If anybody watching this live, comment down below who drafted the better perfect quarterback. I'm not gonna lie. I like yours a lot, but uh, hey. We're going to see, but without further ado, we are going to get on out of here for the night. This is going to be up at 12 on Wednesday. We're recording this the night before, of course, because that only makes sense. Um, Danny, do you have anything to say before we get on out of here? Got nothing to say. I think we had a great episode. Uh, we we missed you, Chris. Th- we, we said our farewell to Chris for one episode. Um, yeah, man. But he out here dropping 25, man. He. He gonna join us next week, and, sure. and we go be straight. But yeah, from AP New Freezer and DC Comics, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next week. Let me take away with.